So I'm sitting in my backyard last night. It's myself, my wife, Sarah, and our two friends, Tim and Ariel. And we're sitting there smoking pipes, drinking cocktails, snacking on a badass charcuterie board that Sarah put together. And uh, somehow the conversation turns to talking about college. Uh, Sarah, Tim, and I went to the same university, but uh, Ariel went someplace different. And as I was asking the story about why she ended up going to that school, uh, she told me the story and then she ended it by saying, you know, I'm not sure any of my decision making in my life or any of my ideas have been really original. And in that moment, I realized I might just be the exact same way. Friends, this is Rob. Welcome to another edition of Give Us This Day or Daily Guinness Every Day for a year. I'm drinking a pint of Guinness every day and recording daily episodes of the podcast. And I want to share a thought that came to me from a conversation I had last night uh, that I, as I was thinking about it today, it made me think of an interview with David Lynch. I had stumbled on a YouTube interview of him three months ago as... I am prone to do. And I thought I'd share it with you in case you're anything like me, uh, someone who has, uh, I don't know, over, someone that overthinks their ideas and has spent a massive amount of their life trying to come up with an original idea, something that I feel like I'm constantly failing at. But let me, let me back up. So last night we're sitting around, uh, we're sharing the stories of what brought us to college. It started off with my friend Ariel, who was saying that, you know, she was in high school uh, and she thought that she wanted to be a Spanish teacher. And so her Spanish teacher, who she had a really great relationship with in high school, uh, just happened to go to a specific university and had raved about it. Said, yeah, this uh, her experience was great. She'd gone there and then she was a part of the study abroad program that took her overseas where she could be uh, like living in a community that spoke Spanish, uh, that full immersion thing. And she highly recommended it. So Ariel was like, yeah, you know, I'll give it a shot. Why not? Uh, so she said she only applied to one university she got in and just went because it's where the person she respected um, went. And as I was thinking about it, you know, I uh, share, I was like, well, I'm kind of the same way. Like I was in high school. Uh, my buddy, Micah, who was three or four years older than mine, he was kind of like uh, older than mine. He was like three or four years older than me. Uh, he was a badass bass player, uh, ended up going to study music at a university here in Minneapolis, a touring band, uh, that was a part of the school came through and toured, uh, where I lived in Lincoln, Nebraska. And I saw it and I was like, man, this is badass. I'm going to, I'm going to follow him. That sounds sweet. Uh, so I ended up going to that university. I only applied at one school and I got in and I went there and then, you know, the, the, uh, conversational baton gets passed over to Sarah and she's like, yeah, I was the same way. I was ending my career in high school. It was either like a cousin or a friend of hers 
uh, was saying that they had applied to this university and that Sarah should check it out. So Sarah was like, yeah, that sounds cool. I mean, I'll, I'll apply. And so she did. And she went there and ended up studying social work. And Tim was was a kind of similar thing. He saw, he saw some part of the music program and was like, this is badass. I want to go study music here. So he went and that's where we all met. Flash forward, we're all hanging out last night in our backyard. And uh, I thought that was such an interesting thought of Ariel's, like this thought of, like, uh, I haven't had this original thought in my life that she said offhand. Obviously, she doesn't fully believe that. Um, I found it so interesting that I wrote it down in my phone, and I've been thinking about it all day today. And I think one of the reasons I've connected with it is because my entire musical journey, I realize, has been this journey and this attempt and struggle to come up with an original idea. I mean, we, I, it's a cult, the music culture is a culture, it's a copyright culture, right? I mean, you write a song, uh, and it accidentally, unbeknownst to you, maybe it sounds like another popular song and you'll get your ass sued off. Uh, and that's just the constant thing. The constant struggle of any singer songwriter of mine, uh, any singer songwriter friend of mine is to come up with an original melody or to come up with original thought. It actually, now that I think about it, about it, it was, it ended up being like a pretty big pain point for me as a bassist because I would go into sessions or playing with a band and I would just be so almost, it was almost crippling the amount of like pressure I was putting on myself to come up with an original baseline. I have to come up with something cool. I've got to make it worth their time. I had to come up with like some original, epic, original thing that nobody in mankind has ever played on four strings ever before. And it really uh, crippled me because I was so focused on coming up with like what I would consider original part or something cool and original uh, that it was it actually took me out of the moment. I couldn't be there. And when you're when I'm found when I, I realized that when I was so focused on coming up with an original idea and thought, uh, it, my listening was the first thing to turn off. Both my listening to what uh, the ideas that other people are throwing out there and the ideas that were coming to mind. I was judging everything instantly. Okay, that idea. Have I ever heard that melody before? Have I ever heard this part before? What does this sound like? Personally, I, I don't know. I, I feel like the um, I feel like the real goal is to open ourselves up to as many ideas as possible. I've spent so much of my freaking life, especially creating things, I think wasting time trying to be original or unique or like come up with something for the first time that no one's ever heard of before. Because fact of the matter is, I don't, I mean, I'm 35. I don't know if I've ever done that. And I don't know if I ever will come up with something that is a completely brand new uninfluenced idea that's truly unique to me. But for me, the thing that I am doing, the thing that matters to me right now, the thing that matters today for me is that I want to open myself up to as many ideas uh, as possible, as many influences as possible in life. I want to follow my own rabbit trails, diving into nerdy YouTube uh, interviews and listening to obscure albums, all this. I want to open myself and follow my own curiosity and hopefully, hopefully uh, I will at some point these influences that come from separate things that kind of come, that I'm cherry picking from the, my own uh, unique 
amalgam of interests. Hopefully those can possibly come together and form something completely unique. I mean, I'm thinking about right now, I'm just even thinking about me as a human being. Like none of my DNA is completely uh, like out of nowhere, completely unheard of unique. My DNA comes from the human beings, my mom, my dad, and all my ancestors before me. But it's only because of the unique combination of DNA that everybody in my ancestral history has given and added towards that comes together and has created me this goofy, wonky 6-6. And it's only because of the combination of all those influences that I, as a human being, am unique. Instead of this thought of coming up with original ideas, I have been obsessed lately with this question of where do ideas come from? How can I cultivate ideas? Once I have an idea, what do I do with that idea? How can I be true to that idea? So when I do think of an artist uh, that I think I consider original, uh, my mind almost instantly goes straight to the director, David Lynch. Uh, and so I've been listening to interviews of his and his thoughts on ideas, his thoughts on thoughts have been, uh, fascinating to me lately. So I'm just going to leave you with, I'm going to play two, uh, just kind of rants. They're kind of on the same topic of David Lynch talking about ideas, where he thinks they come from. He has this really cool analogy of, of thinking of ideas as fish. Uh, I'm just going to play uh, a couple of these clips for you in the hopes that they inspire you today. They're both about two minutes long. I'm going to put links to them uh, in the show notes below. But the first one is a conversation between David Lynch and Paul Holdengraber. Uh, and it's David Lynch talking about where do ideas come from. And the second one is from the Atlantic as David Lynch talking about where I great he where great ideas come from and it kind of expounds on the past one. It's uh, they're kind of fit together. I hope they're as inspiring to you as they were to me. I hope you have a great rest of your day and as always stay curious. An idea comes and you see it and you hear it and you know it. How does it come? It comes like on a TV in your mind. <laughs> you know, there's a, a, a line I've, I've always loved of, of Leonard Cohen. He said, if I knew where the good songs came from, I would go there more often. Absolutely. <laughs> People, we, want, I, we don't do anything without an idea. So they're beautiful gifts. And I always say, you desiring an idea is like a bait on a hook. Yeah. It can pull them in. And if you catch an idea that you love, that's a beautiful, beautiful day. And you write that idea down so you won't forget it. And that idea that you caught might just be a fragment of the whole, whatever it is you're working on. But now you have even more bait thinking about that small fragment, that little fish, will bring in more. And they'll come in and they'll hook on. And more and more come in, and pretty soon you might have a script, or a chair, or a painting, or an idea for a painting. But they come as in small... More often than not, small fragments. 
I like to think of it as in the other room, the puzzle is all together, but they keep flipping in just one piece at a time. In the other room? Over there. <laughs> <laughs> in, in a sense, David, there's always another room somewhere. Mm -hmm. That's a beautiful thing to think about. Let's think about it a bit. No, you think about it. <laughs> Everything that we do starts with an idea. We don't know what to do unless we have an idea. So ideas are like fish. And you don't make the fish, you catch the fish. You desiring an idea is like putting a bait on a hook and lowering it into the water. You can catch ideas from daydreaming, or you can catch ideas from places. If you think that maybe a place could conjure ideas, then you have to go out of the house and go traveling. You can be going down the street, see a reflection on a little a pool in the gutter, and bang, an idea will come. Who knows how it happens? I always say it's like there's a man in another room with the whole film together, but they're in, they're in puzzle parts, and he's flipping one piece at a time into me. And at first, it's very abstract. I don't know, I have a clue. More pieces come, more ideas are caught, it starts forming a thing, and then one day, there it is. So it, there is, in another, in a way, there's no original ideas. It's just the ideas that you caught. That The thing is to be true to the idea. A lot of artists think that suffering is necessary, but in reality, any kind of suffering cramps the flow of creativity. Let's say that Van Gogh, every time he went out and painted, he got diarrhea. It wouldn't be so good for him to go out. He'd have to be really crazy. Happiness in the doing is so important. And I always say it's our life going by. And uh, then this creativity flowing, ideas are easier to catch and ideas that could take you out of drudgery work and lead you to someplace, you know, some fantastic things. Trillions and zillions of ideas. And they're all there bubbling and ready to be caught. 